And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to a special episode, episode number 395 of This Old Marketing for Friday, September 29th, 2023. And with me, as always, my pal, my colleague, and, you know, he's the guy who got me into this whole content marketing world mess, Mr. Joe Polizzi. That is not even true. You got yourself (laughs) into it. And you better I, not blame anything on me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> blaming you. I'm blaming you for my entire career is basically is what Is this the, a special Blossom episode? It is a special Blossom episode. It is. Those it are is, my favorite. This episodes. is the one that's going to make you laugh and make you cry. It's going to. And we're, we're doing the special episode because while we're this doing, is going yeah. on, we are relatively. Well, you're relatively we're drunk. Busy we're we're probably I'm, drunk. Yeah. yeah. Or, or hungover. <laughs> Yeah, a uh, drunk or hungover, one of the two. Yeah, in Washington D.C. So, what yeah. year is this for Content Marketing World? This is this would be twelve, twelve, thirteen. Should be thirteen, thirteen, thirteen. Because yeah, you, you always count the one on two thousand eleven. Content, remember that. Ah, uh, we should yeah. we should do a whole Scooby Doo like back to. 2011. Well, that would make this 12 then if we're doing the math correctly. No, it doesn't. It doesn't start with 11, 12, 10, 13, 14, 15, 16, yes. 17, 18, 19, 20. And we keep going. Well, okay. Yeah. I get it. You got to count the yeah. other. Yeah. You got to count yeah, the yeah. first year. You don't count well, zero. Yeah. So anyways, 13. And then, yeah, well, okay. and then you had the COVID. I guess if you, if you, the COVID uh, one wasn't in person, 2020. That's right. So that was sort of asterisks by that one. That's right. But that was the 10th. <clears throat> yeah, which was, you know, we'd had all sorts of big plans for the 10th anniversary, and that went wah, 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 wah. Uh-huh. So we kind of we kind of tried to make it up in the, the 2021 version. So um, lucky number 13th in Washington, D.C. District D. of, yeah. 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 And so uh, I'm sure we're having a great time and seeing, and I'm, I know there's way more people already than we're signed up last year so that's it's, exciting it's kind of amazing actually that we're pre you know pre-pandemic numbers both on the sponsorship side and the attendee side so uh it's i think it's a testament to people wanting to be out and about and you know and i think as in some ways it's it's probably just it's the ease by which you know cleveland was always amazing it's always fun and it's it's such a great town but it's just hard to get to right and dc because you you know you you get the proximity to new york you get the proximity to um boston even you know all of the east coast cities can be done by train right so you it makes it much easier for people to travel and it makes it much easier for the international crowd to travel so yeah i think that's i think that's a testament to that Mm -hmm. I know, but I'm still pushing Cleveland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is a little bit more. It's always an extra flight, basically one extra flight. But Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's but, right. But no, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to to see how different it's going to be. But do yeah. you have before we get started with this episode cuz I know I'm going to cover sort of my talk and you're going to cover sort of sure. your talk and, and yep. give some good takeaways for the people listening today. But do you have a favorite CMW memory or something that sticks with you? Oh my gosh! I, but I have, 
I have I have those that can be shared yes, <laughs> publicly, you know <laughs> and I have those that shall remain private. Um, you know, so I think there's a there's a couple that just sort of stand out to me. So, so for the first one, you know, that comes leaping to mind is uh, the well, I'm going to start with a heartwarming one because it's 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 maybe one of my favorite moments of content marketing world ever. Um, and it was the very first content marketing world. So I was but a peon in that show, um, sitting out in the audience. <laughs> I did have a session, but I wasn't yet of the stature to get to oh, the God. main stage. <laughs> yeah. Swear to God. Um, but anyway, I was there and I went to see you. And you were, you know, people that went to that first content marketing will remember you came out in an orange spacesuit. I did. Um, which was amazing. And it was the fact that the place was jam-packed. Um, it was like 800 people, 600, 660 people. There you go. Um, just, but the place looked just jam-packed because it was the, the, the hotel ballroom was just mm -hmm. absolutely jam-packed. And I remember standing there sort of off to the side looking at you as you were about ready. Everything was about ready to start. And it was you and your beautiful, wonderful, lovely wife, Pam. And you guys had a moment, right? You guys had a, a moment that was just, it was just very wonderful to watch by basically like, can you believe that we did this, right? And it was just, that's, that's, that notch is right up there. So it was, yeah, it, it's funny that. I remember a lot. I don't remember a lot, but I remember the, that time period really well because when I went and looked out. So before I came back and Pam had our Pam and I had a little moment of we were both sort of crying a little bit about this whole thing. I looked out and saw the six hundred plus people, and of course, when we were planning this whole thing, I'm like, "Can we get a hundred people to come to Cleveland for content for this thing called we're making up yeah. called Content Marketing World?" And of course. It worked out better than than we could even have thought or dreamed. And I thought in my head, that was the first time I'm like, maybe I don't have to go get a job with somebody else. <laughs> like maybe this thing is, and it was at that moment looking out, I said these people, 600 people came from locations all over the world for this content marketing thing that wasn't really even a thing at that point, at least called that. And we were able to, to, uh, to make a show of it. And then what yeah. was it by 2014, 15, we had 4,000. Yeah. It was amazing. And it was incredible the way yeah. that it all turned out and, uh, and really, really good stuff. So, and the other one I would, the other, the, the other thing that I would point to as sort of a classic memory, um, was oddly enough, it was Columbus when the, the one year that we went to Columbus and, uh, two things I would note about that particular show. Um, both again, your wife plays into this. Um, funny how she my best does. memories of content marketing world have to do with your wife. And they should, um, yeah. Um, she managed, so she knows what a huge football fan I am um, and that you are, but more specifically, let's just be honest, it's all about me. Um, and <laughs> it used to be that every, just about every year, because every year content marketing world was on the, the 4th, 5th, 6th, right around in there of September, which is also typically opening weekend. And the Cowboys usually would play one of the games that the, the Thursday night game that was going to be uh, there um, on the on on the actual uh, on the actual day. And she managed 
to bring in, which was just amazing, like just amazing. Um, they had, we had Rick Springfield that year playing the concert and he's playing in this bar. I mean, this big, big, well, it was, yeah, the L, I think it was L2 down there. It's, it's a nice yeah. facility. It's, it's a, it's but, a, it's a great facility. And yeah. it was, but she managed to install, have them install a giant big screen TV over the top of Rick Springfield so that we could watch Rick Springfield, but we could also watch the first half of the New York giants and the, and the Dallas Cowboys. Well, let's just note yeah. too, that the big screen was pointed at your, yeah, that's right. where you that's were exactly. sitting. Yeah. Not was, everyone could see that. Oh my like, God. It was were, so you great. Were the only one. You and a group of of a few people oh, were enjoying it was so both wonderful. the the sultry sounds of Rick Springfield. That's right, and the the Giants Cowboys. And game. then and then we went back to watch the second half of the game in the hotel, um, and we've ended up at this like small little downstairs like where there was nobody there. This small little downstairs bar where we sat and watched a, a TV, a, you know, across on a bar to watch the second half of the game and who should walk in. The only other people in the bar was the Rick Springfield band, right? So we sat there with the Rick Springfield band bass player and the guitar player and, and, uh, uh, and the drummer Rick Springfield sadly was not there. Um, but we sat there and had a hamburger and watched yep. the second half of the game there. So that's, that was a, a that's great, awesome. a great moment as well. Yeah. I'll tell you what bang for its buck. The, the, getting rick springfield was amazing yeah because people loved him and he was very present and he did all the pictures and he put on a great show and wasn't for me it was cheap trick for me it was for me it was cheap trick i mean cheap trick was cheap trick was great uh the venue that we wanted them to play in wasn't available so we had to sort of figure figure that out but uh, what's interesting is is that um there's a there was a good portion of our audience that really didn't even know Cheap Trick was the thing. So we had a very... Had it was amazing. Half, right, it was half, like half, I mean, half the crowd. Hall of Famers, yeah. half the crowd yeah. loved... I'm like, oh my God. And the other half is, who's Cheap Trick? Right. Like, oh, you got it. It's like, it was amazing. Because you could sit right up front. It was like... I mean, it was like it was, it was like a personal concert. It was amazing. It was. It was. Uh, yeah. my, I, it was it, I think 2000... <laughs> there's so many stories. I'll tell the one. 2013, we had William Shatner as our keynote. Oh, yes. First of all, one. William Shatner and I were walking around the facility and I'm telling him about me and I'm asking him about all of his stuff and whatever. Yeah. And just the most wonderful person in the world. Yep. Well, later, you know, he gets on for his, his keynote and he's talking about he's having trouble finding sponsors. This is in front of everybody. So there's uh, 1,500 people in the audience at that time. And he's talking about how he has a YouTube channel about wines that he couldn't find a sponsor for. And he's telling everybody, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, you need some help with that, whatever the case is. And so I just let it go because we were, we were going to chat on stage in front of all these people. The next day, we've got all these workshops going on. I'm running around like crazy. And Pam, my wife, again, comes running in and I'm doing some kind of session. She pulls me aside and she says, she says, Joe, William Shatner's calling for you. And I'm like, what? Like, and I'm, of course, I always go negative with that. Sure. One. I'm like, what did I do? Like, he's going to complain, did, right? We yeah. heard his feelings in some way was that were the travel arrangements not right, yeah. whatever. And finally, I get, I get about phone. I'm like, hey, Bill, because he, he said, call me Bill. I said, hey, Bill, it's Joe Polizzi. How can I help you? And he's like, and he goes into the whole thing. Well, Joe, 
he starts telling me, he's like, you know, I was you know, listening to what you were saying about the, you know, getting a sponsor for my brown bag wine show. Yeah. And I think I really could use help. And so that he was asking for some more help. And so from after that show, I, I talked to him again and, and his, uh, his assistant, and I sent some notes out to people in the wine industry. And I don't think anything ever came of it, but I did whatever I could. I do. remember the pitch. The pitch yeah. was amazing. It was an amazing show. He was going to have a, he was going to be him and an artist and they would sit, you know, so like a poet or a musician yeah. or some sort of artist. And basically they would share a glass of wine and then he would ask his guests to, to do whatever in art, whether it was create a poem or yeah. play their musical instrument about what they thought about the wine. Like how the wine made them feel. It was mm -hmm. it was such a great it idea. Was, I love it. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so that one, and then you know, even though you know we don't talk about Kevin Spacey much these days for <laughs> obvious reasons, his his keynote was was tremendous. His keynote was really good. Yeah, his keynote so was really good at good. the time, and his uh, his speechwriter. I mean, I talked to his speechwriter directly. He put a lot of time and effort into making sure that it was on point, and it absolutely was was on point. And I'll I'll end with this because I know we actually have a show here. But the wor worst moment for me ever in any uh, capacity was the content marketing world where Nick Offerman uh, didn't show up, basically. Yeah. And I still have. And, and first of all, like Nick Offerman on uh, this is what's the show that he was just on that he was tremendous at the HBO oh, Max. Parks and Rec. You mean? No, 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 no. Oh. The HBO Max where he did. the oh, special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. The oh, Last of Us. Yeah. This is The Last of Us. Yeah. Tremendous actor, tremendous yeah. comedian. I have all the respect in the world for what he does as a profession. But that said, <laughs> yeah. he was late. Oh yeah. And uh and I had to filibuster on stage as I got as I'm on stage, I'm ready to introduce Mr. Offerman. I don't most people don't even know this story. And I get the blinking uh from the the screen in front of me is telling me and only me nick is not here nick is not here and i'm like oh my god what am i going to do so i basically for i think 15 20 minutes and you probably remember better than i do i just started thanking people i yeah. just started going into what this means in the industry and so thank you and thank my wife and kelly and everybody I was thanking all the all the people and then finally he ended up uh, he came and I introduced him and, and yeah. whatever. And we did a whole little thing on stage where him and I drank beer and ate bacon yeah. and it worked out sort of well. I mean, yeah. it wasn't my favorite, yeah. uh, you know, when he did the, the, the Cunnilingus song was, was sort of a, an interesting yeah. take. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were not so happy with that one, but, um, but yeah. the, and the, the, the problem is, is that I was, I came off stage. I was so upset and I, I was unlike, I was not Joe. At that moment, and that yeah. that's that was a tough time for me. But yeah, you know, long story well, short, I'll, I'll, lots I'll, of I'll, lots of good things, more good things than bad things. Indeed. Well, and and I'll 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 end with this one because it was a bucket list item for me. And again, thanks to you and your lovely wife, um, who managed to secure John Cleese, um, and then and yeah. and yeah, I mean, who was amazing, and it was a total bucket list item for me to get to interview him and talk to him and. And my moment, which I still to this day have on video and, and I use as part of my speaker reel and all that kind of stuff is when he goes, he goes, so it's not content marketing. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm like, yes, that's yeah. right. I, I'm like, that's right, John. It, it, it's it's not content marketing. All I said, although you will find most of them are very discontent. And he's like, but is that because they're just marketers? And I'm like, yes, that's that's why they're here, right? <laughs> that's that's why they're that's here at this okay. event. And then and then he goes on to completely trash the Marriott hotel that he was staying at. And of course the head of marketing for Marriott was one of the keynote speakers. Mm -hmm. So good. It was so, so good. Absolutely perfect. But I, you know, and, 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 uh, more than anything else, seeing this community blossom and grow. And oh, people, it's been amazing. Yeah. We've seen people promoted to CMO positions and of doing course. amazing things over the last decade. It's just that that it made it all it made it all worth worthwhile. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so you're going to talk about your session later, but we wanted to get to. A question. For yeah, you, we right? had a question come in last week from Paris, and it was a great question. So we wanted to sort of take it as sort of an opener. Um, and it'll actually play into a lot of what we're going to talk about in terms of both of our keynotes. So it's so it made sense to sort of segue it here, because uh, it's a it's a great question and, and one that plays heavily into the idea of content marketing and, and, mm-hmm. and what's going on. So, um, okay. so let's play Paris's we, question. Should we cue the role here? Let's yeah, see. yeah. Hi guys, this is Paris again from Australia, living in her van. I am at the beginning of uh, rearranging my business. I'm currently a sole trader and I'm about to figure out how to set up as a company, Um, mostly so that eventually the consultancy part of the business could potentially be sold. My biggest question is I really want to start, um, you know, churning out some content and really making... um, one of my revenue streams to be content in various forms um, as both, um, you know, books and um, podcasts and all other kinds of amazing things. How do you retain the value of your companies that, you know, are, are meant to design without you whilst building them using your content marketing efforts um, so that if and when the day comes that you want to sell those consultancy businesses or to how do you build them so they're not 100% reliant on you and your personal and professional mm. brand? Because um, obviously, you know, like you, you, I'm going to want to build the audience with with all of those efforts, but I want to make sure at the end of it, finding a, a buyer for the business, and they're not going to be put off that the business relies on me and my personal brand to continue growing. Um, hopefully that makes sense. And uh, yeah, I look forward to your reply. Thanks. What was it? What was is it something tweeting in the background? It's was like it? a Disney movie. I mean, first of all, I want to live where Paris lives because that just sounds like a bucolic sort of wonderful like tweeting birds and sound like a running stream or a beach or something behind her. This is this is Paris again in in her yeah, van. In paradise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Paris in paradise. Exactly. Yeah. Uh do you I mean, I'll talk a little bit about this, but why don't you give your take first and I'll Sure. I'll, I you know, I I I feel Paris. I feel your pain. I mean, this is this is this has been my challenge for the last decade, which is how do you build a business that is bigger than you and that ultimately is separate from you, so that you can actually, at the right time, either jettison it or move away from it in a way that doesn't devalue it to the point of being, you know, really just a, a challenge. And. So I'll, I'll I'll give you my thoughts on it, which is there there are there are two things that I have found, which is one, don't 
name the business that, you know, so if you, as you launch this consultancy and you think about, you know, what you're doing with it, don't name it after yourself. Um, in other words, it's not Paris Consulting or, you know, something clever with your name. Rather, find a name for it that is separate. So you're launching a separate business that you are the subject matter, CEO, whatever, you know, director of whatever, you know, whatever title you give yourself for this, this new concern. And the content you create should be authored by you under the auspices of whatever brand name that is. For me, it's been the content advisory, right? So back in 2015, I launched the consulting for, if I had to do it again, by the way, I would have done this when Joe and I first started working together in 2010, I would have created not just me, but a separate business, but I didn't have the forethought to do that, to be honest. And so it was 2015, actually, during the acquisition of CMI, that I actually got, you know, did all the adulting and got my shit together and and actually launched the company and created the TCA content advisory brand. And that's how I've been operating under a consulting slash advisory slash content um, platform for the last seven years. So that would be my first piece of advice. And my second piece of advice is that just to remember that consulting is a tough business to sell. Um, consulting is a very, you know, difficult business to actually create value in. And so what I would think about is whether you're actually setting up a consulting business or whether you're setting up a content business. And I know that may sound a little bit like splitting hairs, but the, the question is, are you setting up a media operation that is actually going to provide consulting as part of what it does? Or are you setting up a consulting firm that uses content to market what it does? And just be really super clear about what it is you're doing there. Because honestly, again, if I had to do it over again, I would have probably done the latter, right? I would have not. So from a valuation standpoint, and Joe and I used to have this conversation all the time about Content Marketing Institute, consulting businesses, they're not valued very well. They're, they're just not, that even if you have content, they're not valued very well. Media companies, on the other hand, are valued more highly because the content has evergreen value and, and all those kinds of things. So two things for you to think about. Yeah, it's interesting when, um, so when I left corporate America and launched, it's funny because I'll be talking about this in a little bit, just to, how to leave your job properly. Yeah. Um, I started, my company's name was Z squared media and it was all, there was only consulting. So I was just doing consulting. It was Joe Polizzi and Z squared media. So separate name did a little bit differently, but then I launched this new product, which was weirdly enough called Junta 42 at the time, which was a like the eHarmony for content marketing that launched in 2008. I had a blog under that. I also had a lot of my personal stuff. I launched a side business, a blogging service for HVAC contractors called Social Track, and then launched Content Marketing Institute. I had all these things. It was just a big pile of dung. I'm like, what? what is going on here? It's just a lot of stuff. And then I sat down with a couple mentors and really figured out like what, okay, I'm doing lots of things. What makes the most sense? And it, you could you could feel at the time that it was Content Marketing Institute was going to be the thing that was and that was the thing I was most passionate about. That's where I thought the most opportunity was. So basically, what I ended up doing was just that that be, Content Marketing Institute became uh, first and foremost. I took Junta Forty Two and all the subscribers under that and rolled that right into 
whatever content marketing institute's newsletter was going to be. It just seemed I had one like, hey, it's now CMI's newsletter. Boom. It just slid right into that. All the blog posts that were on some on social track and some on Junta 42 went right into this new entity, Content Marketing Institute. And then Z Squared Media, I didn't want to do any consulting anymore. And that's where Robert got involved. I said, please, Robert, would you take over this consulting? I hate consulting. I don't want to <laughs> have anything to do with it. So our first project was a consulting project where Robert did all the work and I took all the credit. It worked really, really well. Yeah. And you'll see that that process worked itself over and over year after year really, really well with me taking Robert's ideas. Um, so I, I, if something like that, if you can make that kind of a decision and put it all under one, that's great. The point is, I'm still Joe Polizzi on social. I still had Joe Polizzi LinkedIn. I still had Joe Polizzi Twitter. I still had my own personal. This is my personal stuff that I'm going to create content around, had calendars, all that stuff. And that led into the business, which was always not named Joe Polizzi. And Robert makes a really good point. If you're going to create some kind of value, if you're going to create an event like Content Marketing World that could be sold, Joe Polizzi, as I could, I could create a blog. So Paris, you could have a blog or a newsletter that's under Paris. But if you're going to launch something like consulting, like an event, like online training, whatever the case is, those are products that do not have to be called you. <clears throat> so that right. you can actually sell them someday. And even the thing is, to your point about whether people are going to attach you to the stuff, that might happen anyways. I mean, one of the things... It's going that, to happen. Yeah, it's, it's going, going to happen. happen. Yeah. I mean, one of the things we had to have... I mean, when when UBM, now Informa, purchased Content Marketing Institute, there were a lot of meetings about, hey, is this thing going to run effectively without Joe Polizzi? And of course, it has done very, very well without Joe Polizzi. But I had to say, look, we've set this up and it took you know year after year. I would it would it would get to a point where now Joe's not doing anything in the business. Everybody else is doing something, so Joe's just a figurehead, and you know no problem. Joe can go and and it's working just fine. So, uh, but the the I always say call something a separate thing. Your product should be a separate name. So at some point you wanted to you know throw it out there and sell it. You have the separate asset, and then you can still be you. And you can you can create like Mr. Beast has Feastables, right? Jake Paul has Prime. You know, it's not Jake Paul's energy drink, right? It's Prime. It's not Mr. Beast's Feastables, although he uses Mr. Beast in the marketing. Feastables is a billion dollar brand and can they can do anything they want with it. Procter and Gamble will probably buy it or something like that. So that that would be my advice. Did we did we hit all the high notes on that one, Robert? I think so. Yeah, okay. I think that's. I mean, I'm congratulations, Paris. I mean, that's it's great. Fantastic, lovely news that you've yeah, decided absolutely. to move this big new adventures for you. Yeah, so, so big so big good. changes in the business. I, I I again I feel your pain. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you in terms of the pivots that I've been making over the last six months as well. So yeah, it's uh it's 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 funny because one of my and this gets into what I'm going to talk about at Content Marketing World is the fatigue that I notice right now about change in business and where that has put things like consulting and agencies and technologies and things that are sort of facilitate big disruptive change in businesses. And, and so <clears throat> 2023, if it has a theme for me, it's been change fatigue. The people are like, I think we're just going to stick with what we have. The irony of that, however, is that it has inspired or pushed, <laughs> it may be a better word, People like you, me, technology companies, and others that work in change 
for a living to change. In other words, that their reluctance to change this year has pushed us to pivot and change. And so it's been an interesting irony that I've that I've duly noted, and it'll be something that I talk about at Content Marketing World this year. Very good, which we'll get to in a second. But do yeah. you uh, – so – uh, our idea for this, the rest of the special episode, was to talk. Yeah, about so our yeah, that's the sessions. that's yeah, that's the general idea. Is that what we'll do? Is that both Joe and I are speaking at Content Marketing World? Have you know, shockingly, um, and um, I will have a very short keynote. Joe will have a nice thorough. Yes, yeah, so let's just put this out there. Robert has a wonderful keynote. Joe's session is in the back hall, and it's I don't even know if you can find it in DC. I that's really correct. Don't. Well, let's be let's let's be clear. <laughs> Joe has a 55-minute session that he gets to really engage his audience with, which will be certainly one of the biggest crowds there is. I get 12 minutes on the beginning of the uh, the, the main stage to introduce people. So You say yeah. this is like it's a bad thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know how it is. Yeah. It's, okay. it's look, it's tit for tat. It's, it's, it's quid pro quo. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, there's pros and cons, my friend. To, to yes, to, to as, as there always is. There's always yeah. two sides to it. Okay. There is. Uh, would you, would you like me to give my little overview? And I I'll, would. Yeah, I would you like know, to hear you what know you're going to talk of this about. Are, we, we've sort of shared each sure. other's uh, sessions with, with each other. So uh, we know, but I, I kind of wanted to go into this a little bit and my whole, First of all, I didn't know if the wonderful folks at Content Marketing World were going to accept the speech because my speech is basically about how to quit your job properly if you're a marketing person looking for a new job. Uh, I can guarantee you that if you come to Content Marketing World with a team, uh, you're probably not going to go to my session because <laughs> you don't want people to know you're leaving, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I <laughs> wanted to do this, Robert, you know this, but maybe the people listening don't. I get a ton of questions from marketers specifically about, hey, I'm ready to go. I want to start my own thing, my own content business. How should I how should I make this thing work? Yep. And I've been and then I've been answering the question. I finally put a session together. And so that's going to be the speech at Content Marketing World. And I'm just what Robert, what I'm going to do is just kind of run through a list of things that I'll cover. Uh, and then, you know, we can sort of talk about them. But the number one, I mean, so first thing is uh, don't quit your job until you started the process of quitting the job. So you please have this plan. So I'm going to go through these planning things and don't just say, I'm ready to go. Uh, that is not a good move. And you also need to know before you start this thing that most of these businesses don't succeed. Um, I hate to say it, but a lot of people don't have the fortitude to last the two to three to four years to really put the time in and make it work to build the audience. Um, half don't make it five years. Uh, I wish it was. That's one of the reasons why we do what we do at the Tilt and Creator Economy Expo. We're trying to teach people how to be successful quicker and, and keep this thing going. Now, those that do make it, um, you should know, are incredibly happy. Um, it's a wonderful being a content entrepreneur is the best thing in the world, in my opinion. It does take a lot of work to get there. So first things first, as Jay Kunzo always says, nail your story. Like, what do you stand for? Being a generalist does not work if you're going to make this thing go. And you can start now in your current job. So think about what your expertise is. What do you want to be known for? We talk about, you know, what your content tilt is going to be, your differentiation area. And then also think about right now, who is your audience going to be? Your specific audience. What are you going to send them? Um, what do you want to help them achieve? And then you'll put, you'll end up putting a mission statement together as you launch this thing. But 
before you leave, you need to know these things. Sometimes these take uh, weeks and months to really figure out and you can get a lot of feedback from people as you do it. So I would, I would go there. Um, when you're going to do this, focus on something you can really be amazing at um, and forget all the other stuff. So if that means that you're, you're going to start building your audience, if it's a blog, great. If it's a podcast, wonderful. If it's a newsletter, outstanding. If it's a TikTok channel, great. I don't care really what it is, but double down on that one thing that you can be really good at. And then you're not going to do five things. I've seen creators go out there and they say, I want to do all the things. I want to be on YouTube and have the podcast and do the newsletter. They all, they all fail. You, you can't be a jack of all trades in this thing um, for the beginning. You have to really start by mastering one of those things. So do that. And then, so before you you quit here, you got to find your story. Um, you know, whatever your thing is, you probably have some kind of newsletter, as we talked about on the last show. It's like you figure out something where you can get that opt-in data uh, from your audience. And then I would absolutely look to LinkedIn to build out your presence, especially if you're a marketer in business. Um, most marketers are not going into, let's say, cooking or photography or knitting. <laughs> They're generally doing something on the business side. So LinkedIn is a really important social platform to try to more than it maybe used to be Twitter X. Now I think it's probably LinkedIn right now. And then just a couple other things I wanted to go. So that's kind of starting. And then I would do things like, hey, if you have any proprietary processes that you've done in your organization that are yours, put them on a disk drive right now, disk drive, put them on a drive somewhere, <laughs> save them, put them on a UBS, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, things like, what are your goals for this business? Write them down, yeah. review them. What do you want to accomplish? <laughs> what do you visualize this becoming? Talk to your family for this is when you launch a content business, Robert and I know this really well. This involves everyone in your family. Um, so you want to sit down, make sure you're honest <laughs> with them, what's going on, and you want to start looking at your expenses. Cut down your expenses as often as you can. Be really, or as much as you can. Be very, very lean because it will take longer to be successful than even you think. Uh, from start to content marketing, we just talked about Content Marketing Institute, Content Marketing World. It took about three, three and a half years to really get to a point where I didn't feel like I was going to have to go get a job somewhere else. And sometimes that's short. So make sure you you lower those expenses, but you can start the business process now. That means getting your LLC up and running, uh, separate your accounting and finances, personal and business. You can do that right now. Get yourself a business credit card. What are you going to do about insurance? Check the agreement with your current company. Um, what can you do while you still are working? When you leave, what are the things you can't do? You're going to want to know that ahead of time. Um, when I left Penton Media to start Content Marketing Institute, I couldn't do anything for a, for a year or two that was any kind of competition with where I, what I was doing at Penton. So you need to know that. Like, you don't go set up a business that's going to be competitive. And then I would just end with a couple things. Make three three lists. One, the first list is mentors. These are people that have done it successfully or not that you're going to want to set up meetings with. You're going to want to list some contacts, people that can help refer business to you that you can stay close to. And then maybe list the third one, future clients, people that might give you money and support you and want to see you succeed and make those lists. You're going to want to keep those fresh and updated and start reaching out to those people now as you go. If you can generate revenue before you leave, that's the way to do it. And that's why you do all this, all these things up front so that you can figure out, okay, and not that I'm a big fan of side hustles. I like people that go all in, 
But if you can start this business before you leave, it'll be really, really critical to the overall success. If you get six to 12 to 18 months of stuff that you're already doing, you're already building audience, you're already maybe got a, a consulting deal, whatever the case is. Finally, when you're about a month or so, when you're ready and you've done all these things and you're a month or so from leaving, <clears throat> the best thing you can do is take your current company with you as your first client. Some kind of consulting gig, something that they're giving you revenue. I mean, it was it helped me out incredibly that when I left in March of uh, 2007, that in April of 2007, I was getting a monthly consulting deal with Penton. That was really, really important so that I could make it and feed the, the kids at the time or three and five. We didn't have a lot of money coming in. That was really critical to making it work. So sit down with your boss, whoever that is. And you're not going to say you're quitting at this point. What you're going to say is, hey, I, I love working here. I love everything about it, but I've always wanted to start my own business. And here's what I'm thinking about doing. And I want to talk about the process of that now so we can set a good transition for you, something that'll work for me. And if you do it like that, you have a real good opportunity to set yourself up so that maybe you leave on good terms because a lot of your business is going to come from your current company or could come from your current company, but that could be your first client as you go and all that internal networking will, will pay off. And uh, so let's see what I guess the, the last thing I would say is you set this thing up. You do have that one place that's home for your content. But ultimately, if you're going to succeed as a content business, you have many different ways that you're generating revenue. Like Paris talked about, you have consulting, you might do online training, you might have affiliate deals, you might take donations, you might do advertising sponsorship, you might have events. So you diversify the monetary side and you really get focused on the content side. And that is the successful model for you're still working a job and you're going to leave at some point. Those are in a nutshell, Robert, that's kind of all the things that I would start doing to to make it work and you can take six to nine months before you leave and, and do these things you, you'll have a good head start and that's all we have time for it ladies and gentlemen it's a <laughs> how long did i go for like 10 minutes uh i don't, I don't even know <clears throat> i don't know that's it's all good. yeah it's, no, it's fantastic about advice. how long your keynote's going to be yeah what I it's did. basically yeah <laughs> It's it was it, it's such great advice. It's it, it's such great advice. Although I would be a little circumspect around that walking in and telling your boss that you know you're going to start your own business and you'd like to start the transition plan right away. You know, no, I, I, I think what you say is I've all yeah I've always wanted to start my own business and I'm thinking about it and you just want to let them know because yeah what, happen, what might happen is they might get upset and they might say I want you out of here now. That's why you have to be ready. Right. You can't just go. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So just I'm make sure that you're, yeah, yeah. Make sure yeah. you're ready for all the scenarios when, when that goes on. And I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's such good advice, but especially as you've talked about some of the, the, the last bit, which is taking <coughs> your, taking that client as a, as a consulting, uh, if you can do that. And one of the things that I often talk to similar types of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs about is to say, you know, and I, I actually talked about this at uh, you know at at your event at CEX, and which is the the idea of of market where you're going, but operate where you are. Um, and what I mean by that is that your website, your content, you know, and this is good for good advice for for Paris as well, which is all the things that you're doing as part of your new venture. 
make everything you're doing about that. Like if you're selling strategic services or if you're selling content or if you're doing, you know, a foodie magazine or, you know, whatever it is, do that thing out there. But make sure to up. It's perfectly fine and perfectly reasonable. And by the way, optimal to operate where you are and make money that pays the rent, right? So yeah. in the in my early days, if you looked at my website, it was all about, you know, strategy and content marketing strategy and content strategy and, you know, all the things that, you know, that I do today. But I was I was doing copywriting, I was ghostwriting blogs for CEOs, I was, you know, working on SEO for some companies. I was, you know, I was doing all the classic sort of agency-like services that I had grown up with as a as a means of paying the bills and saying yes to a, just about any project that came over the transom in order to fuel where I wanted to go. So I was, yeah. you know, basically market where you're going, not where you are. Yeah. And you have to say, I, I am always about, oh yeah, say, say no to a lot of things that you don't want to do. Well, in the beginning you have to say yes, because you need money to keep the sure. You say, and you please, s- for the love of God, <clears throat> don't get an office. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That's the when. <laughs> Yeah, it still yeah. happens today. I mean, back when you and I were doing this, where we were smart, we we're like, well, we're not going to go get an office because that's yeah. just an unnecessary. Experience. I actually did. But- I actually did for two weeks. I went. Yeah, I went and got an office over on the because um, I was thinking to myself, you know, I was like, you know, oh, I should have, you know, I should I should go someplace and have it be my yeah. workspace and and do all those kinds of things. And so I rented a office actually on the Paramount lot because I thought, oh, that'll be fun. That'll be kind of an interesting <clears throat> oh place to. Yeah. So I rented this like office space on the Paramount lot, and I was there for two weeks, and I hated it, and it was expensive. And I was like, what the hell am I doing, right? This is just crazy town. That and, and so then I started working from home, which was, you know, it has its own challenges for sure. sure but it's, it's, you know, it was so much better. The, the people don't like, I, I would look at your streaming services. I would look at, yeah. do you have more than a, a one extra car that maybe is a luxury? These are, this is the time to get your expenses down. But yeah, so, so anyways, 100%. I'll be talking about how people can leave their marketing content marketing job. And you're going to talk about how they can thrive in their content marketing role. Well, what I'm going to talk about is, is the, as I was mentioning in the earlier part of the show, <clears throat> I'm going to talk a little bit about, so the theme of content marketing world this year is evolve. And so um, obviously my, my, my talk is going to fit into that theme, but, but so what I want to sort of do, as I do every year or try to do every year, it's much less of a practical set of takeaways rather than a lens that I'm hoping that everybody sort of looks at all the other sessions through. Um, so it, mine will be much less practical than yours was, and it'll be more sort of a, you know, hopefully, uh, <laughs> as my, as my, 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 the director, when I was the musical director of a show, um, back in the nineties, when I was working the cabaret circuit as a piano player and musical director, um, the, the director of the show would come in and go, he would yell at me, set a mood, <laughs> basically set a mood. And that, that meant start the music, right? So basically, you know, set a mood. So that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to that's just great. set a mood. Um, so do you remember the, you remember the, uh, the content is king thing? <laughs> Of course. Remember, the Bill, the Bill remember that a little book. bit? Yeah, yeah. A little, little Bill Gates action for you. <clears throat> so it was 27 years ago that he said that. And of course, everybody's latched onto that. And it's become sort of, you know, the rallying cry of media companies. It's become the rallying cry of so many content marketers, et cetera, et cetera. But it's actually, 
I went back and I read his essay. Um, and the content is king thing, which is the title of the essay, is interesting, but it's actually really the least interesting thing about it. It's a, the, 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 the essay itself is actually quite prescient really for him. And the, it's the last line. So the last line is, is, is I think is, is what's so interesting. The very last line of his essay is those who succeed will propel the internet forward as a marketplace of ideas, experiences, and products, a marketplace of content. And if that doesn't describe what we're in right now, I don't know what does. I mean, he, he, everything that is true about that sentence is so true today so when we start thinking about, okay, what is that marketplace of content, right? What is that marketplace of ideas? That is marketing. That basically is marketing today. It's, it's, it's really how do we really create and express our ideas in this marketplace of ideas, the internet, so that we optimize the engagement of people that they'll do things that we want them to do. Sometimes it's buy our stuff. Sometimes it's subscribe. Sometimes it's engage with us. Sometimes it's vote for us. Sometimes it's donate to our cause. Whatever it is, that is, it, it has become, it is, is what the change is. It has, that is modern marketing. So you and I used to talk a lot about content marketing back in the day. And we would say, you know, at some point, content marketing is just going to be marketing, right? It's just going to be you know, it'll, it'll be part, you know, the, the term will actually become less important than actually doing the thing. And we always sort of knew that, but what's interesting is, and it's, and it's something that I actually talk about in, in, in my new book is what I didn't expect is for it to actually turn around the other way is it, actually, I think it's actually the opposite. Now, I think it's actually that marketing is content marketing, right? Content marketing became what we now think of as modern marketing. And the implications of that are really interesting, which is one, and this, and we see this actually happening in businesses today, which is, yeah, it used to be that there was this little side thing that businesses would do called content marketing, and there would be people off doing content marketing like things, and they would call it brand journalism, and they would work on stuff, the blog, you know, resource center, all those kinds of things. And it would be sort of a, a side hustle, if you will, for, for the business. Well, now, of course, it's basically everywhere, right? It's, it's, it is what modern marketing is. And so the practice of content marketing is one that is done by everybody in the business, right? Whether you're in product marketing, whether you're in the brand team, whether you're in the web team, whether you're in the email marketing team, demand generation, PR, comms, wherever you are in the business, content marketing, operating like a media company because you're putting content into this marketplace of ideas, trying to engage people with it, that's what we do. That's, that is the core heart of marketing these days. And so... When we start looking out there and saying, great, how does that change things? Well, it, it, the, it, put that into context with where we are today with sort of the evolution, right, or the change fatigue that we've seen happen over the last year and a half. And I think what's interesting is, is that what I'm seeing out there is that it's no longer about this making a business case to have disruptive change and integrate content marketing into you know the business and sort of putting in this big disruptive new thing called content marketing and you know there's a new there's a new sheriff in town and it's called content marketing and put a team in it 
Rather, it's just like looking at your existing marketing department and the teams and working together to evolve into to evolve the people's skills, the, their their jobs, their measurement strategies, and all the activities that they do into this practice of what marketing is these days, which of course is everything that we've been talking about in content marketing forever, just operating as a media company. And in a world of AI, in a world of automation, uh, you know, it is all about how we, we being the people in the business, we're the change. We are the evolution. It's not the technology. Anybody who starts to think that technology is going to fundamentally come in and boom and have a, an immediate uh, impact is, is just wrong. It's just never happened in the history of ever. And so the only way things evolve is if we actually evolve, if we, the humans in there, actually evolve. And so it'll be interesting to watch over the next year, two, three, four, five, as we just become, you know, everything that we as market, content marketing practitioners, we become the core of what marketing is these days. And that skill set will be differentiating in the marketplace of ideas. It will be that what that which you can bring to your business, whether you're a solopreneur, a small business, or a business of 10,000 people, that differentiating set of skills from content, from scaling, from operating like a media company will be what differentiates you in the marketplace of ideas going forward. Uh, instead of just, you know, instead of just getting better at campaigns. And so mm -hmm. that's my talk. That's what I'm going to be. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be talking about and sort of teeing up for the whole for the whole week. You're doing that talk in 12 minutes. I, I how long did I just take to do it? I don't know. If that's uh, like nine minutes, but OK, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I, I have a little I'm more than saying. 12. I think I have I think I have 15 total. Need, but then, Yeah, you need more than 12 to, yeah, to, to give that the proper oxygen. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I also have to come out. I mean, I'm doing a little, I'm doing a little thing too. Like I normally do, you know, you're probably wearing orange. I'm not actually. What? I am not. Dude. Well, I might wear orange. There, 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 there might be one hint of orange in there, but yeah, I'm doing a little surprise. Like I normally do every year when I come out, I'm just going nice. to say, I'm just going to say it's bigly. I'm just going to say it's bigly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> it's bigly and it's full of malarkey. How about that? Oh, yeah, there's geez. your hint. There's yeah, your hint. Awesome. Well, it'll be, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It'll be, yeah. be fun to see all the people. I'm sure you're going to hit a home run with this one. It's just, and, you know, it's just it's set a mood. All I'm trying to do, to do is set just, a mood. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't like your mood, they just come to my session. And That's right. That's right. That. Then, yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, not going to do content marketing. That's exactly We're do it. our own thing and it'll all be okay. Yeah. Um, before we depart the special episode, do you want to tell everybody about our, our new announcement for for next episode, our network I, announcement? I will tell everybody, yeah. Our, we have... Joe and I have signed a deal with the HubSpot Podcast Network to become part of their big, gigantic podcast network of shows. Um, we will be part of the HubSpot Network starting uh, next week. 
Um, and the October sixth, uh, sixth show, I yeah. believe. Yes. And so we'll, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll be uh, we'll be doing that, and it'll be a fun time. Um, you'll notice a couple of differences, mostly that the fact that there will be an ad <laughs> every show now, um, but hopefully uh, available to you, and and hopefully attracting in a new audience, and happily. Happily uh, getting um, some, making the show a little bigger and, and and all of that, and we're super excited to be part of the Hub Hub HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm gonna have to get used to saying that. Yeah, because yeah, you're gonna show. say it. All, yeah, you're gonna say it every a lot. show. Yeah, and yeah, and I yeah, we're really excited about it. And I gotta tell you, um, I was really high on what they were doing with the with the podcast network at HubSpot until they signed us. Now I'm not sure how credible. The podcast network. I like. I would probably not even joking about what hole we fill with this old marketing. <laughs> what what are we actually? It's it's actually it is interesting. You know, we talk about you talk about differentiation. Like, there's not really another content marketing news show like ours, and I don't think anybody would want that. That's right. But there isn't, so we do fill a little bit of a gap in the content marketing space, and we've had quite a bit of success uh, with this show, thanks to you, listeners. And exactly. We're happy to, um, and HubSpot's great. They're going to really help us get in front of some uh, different audience a little bit, and give them, we'll give them a little love at the same time, and uh, we're going to give this a try. And we've been talking to them for a long, a long, long time, time about this, yeah. so it's it's wonderful that this was uh, able to happen. So should be, should be good times. It's going to be good stuff. It's going to be times. good stuff. Rock and roll. All I right. Well, next week I get to see you this week as this yeah, is yeah. going on. We'll be yeah. together. Yes. Enjoying a, a beverage of some sort. A beverage or seven um, is going to be good. And I hope to see you all. I hope we've seen you all there at Content Marketing World. It's going to be a fun time. Um, we're really looking forward to it. We're looking forward to next week and sort of starting a little bit of a new chapter for um, this old marketing. But, you know, it's, it's going to be the same show. It's going to be the same two chuckleheads every single week doing the same thing that you've come to love or hate over the last 10 years. So um, we will see you next week. Please do tune in for that. And in the meantime, before we see you next week, remember, everybody, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing. Marketing.